Hello and welcome to I Got That One, a University Challenge Appreciation Podcast presented by me, Tom, and me, Yvonne. Hello and welcome once again to I Got That One for the final episode of 2020. And it's a special episode. Indeed it is. Well, uh, before we get into that, we just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Mm-hmm. You know, we are... There are niche podcasts and then there are niche, niche podcasts. <laughs> and I think we definitely fall into that category. At least one of those categories, exactly. Yes, we are a fan podcast for a particularly niche TV show based in the UK where mm. when you try and explain it to someone and they don't usually... Well, we've tried. We've tried explaining what we do to people and they just kind of look at us. They say, oh, okay, that's what you do for fun, huh? Yeah. <laughs> But those of you that do listen, whether you be just fans of University Challenge, or if you are one of the contestants in this season, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Yeah, it's actually been something that's uh, made us very happy to be able to do this whole year, and it's so nice to receive comments and messages from listeners, so thank you so much for that as well. Indeed, and we look forward to coming back to you with the regularly scheduled programming next week, mm-hmm. or next year, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. But for now, we're going to close the year and. This is not necessarily going to be a fun, whimsical thing. Yeah. I think this is something where Yvonne especially has something that she wants to kind of get off her chest a little bit and kind of explore something which we feel University Challenge as a program and also UK universities could do better. Yes, so our special episode today is going to be about diversity in University Challenge. So why is there a need to talk about diversity? What do you think, Tom? Well, um, this is going to be a tricky one for me because I am probably the broadest <laughs> possible category you could come across for these things. Mm. But just with anything in life, diversity means diversity of thought, diversity of education, diversity of background. Mm. And when it comes to a trivia show, that can be very important because when you're making a trivia team, whether it be for your pub quiz or for a school competition or even for university challenge, I'd wager, you want people who have different, not just domain knowledge, but in terms of what did they grow up watching? What kind of cultural background do they have? Because you never know what might come up. Yeah. And it's just easier to cover the bases. And also it enriches the experience somewhat because it is a team game mm. and you need to get to know each other very well. And it's just a good way to make friends with someone you might not necessarily hang out with. Yeah. And I mean, this is something that's been noticed by a lot of people who watch University Challenge. For a long so, time. Um, this year, last year, in fact, several years um, ago as well, people have commented that um, there's been a bit of a lack of diversity in University Challenge teams. And even the BBC has said that they will work with University a bit more to ensure that the teams that are selected um, just you know they are more representative of the university student body um, and especially because I don't know if you know this but more females than males attend university in the UK. Now when you told me that statistic I was not necessarily surprised because I do remember even though I went to what would be considered a fairly good school it was definitely on average you suspect the girls in the class were doing better. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to start getting into the weeds about whether that's nature versus nurture, mm-hmm. whether that's something that's expected of women. That that could be an entire mini podcast series about that. Yeah. And there's a whole great deal to unpack there. But it would stand to reason that I think that uh, most girls would want to want to go to university because they want to carry on or because that's where they want... Because they times feel, have changed. Yeah, of course. It might just be that they feel like they need an extra level of preparation to get into the working world. Whereas... I think that depending on the background, mm. there might be less of that push, I think, for certain men, depending on the kind of industry they want to get into. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it could be a bit broad to say that. But I think the point really is that uh, with more women than men in university, when we look at a team that is selected for university challenge... And it's all male, then... Right, so statistically, you would expect to see um, teams where there are two women, two men, maybe even three women, one man, and we're not actually seeing that. In fact, we're surprised to see sometimes two women on a team, and we, I think it's very rarely have seen three or more women on a team. It becomes something that... That's surprising to us when statistically that shouldn't really be the case. Yeah, statistically it should be the average to have two women and two men on a team. I just want to jump in here before we get too deep into this is that we should also keep in mind that, you know, gender is not a binary thing. It is a spectrum. Yeah, of course, yeah. And it is good that we had two non-binary players this season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I know for sure one of them is uh, Pax, the captain of the Merton Oxford team. Yes. It's pity that they weren't able to get past the second round. But Mm -hmm. it was good to see that that is happening. We are seeing... A little bit more in terms of uh, diversity. Yeah, of course, it's not just gender diversity. It's also in terms of um, ethnic background, religion, sexual orientation, nationality. And I, I do think that in terms of some of these other categories, we have seen a bit more representation. Yeah. Um, it's just when it comes to women somehow that it captures some sort of social people's attention. Yeah. Right. So I think I that's think why it, we want to talk about yeah. specifically that today. I think because it's easily noticeable, yeah. usually, when there is not a woman present on a team, unless yeah. it is someone who maybe is more male-presenting and mm. you just don't know and you don't want to assume anything. Yeah. But I feel like if you start getting to those technicalities, then you're missing the broader picture yeah. of where there is definitely too many cases where we have a team like Warwick. Now, this is nothing <laughs> against the Warwick team. Yeah. They're, they're a great yeah. team. But they look like they could have been from any decade of university challenge that make up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So can we then conclude that men are simply smarter or better quizzes than women? Oh, Yvonne, <laughs> that is such a trap bunch of questions. I mean, to because ask. this is something that I've seen, a common response that I've seen to um, comments on Twitter or other types of social media. A lot of people saying that, well, maybe it's just because the best people were selected for the the teams. Because there's a very objective selection process or everyone has to take a, a test and all of that. So who, who ends up being part of the team um, is a purely objective process and we shouldn't have diversity for diversity's sake. And if it happens to be that it was all men that did the best, then why are we complaining, right? So See, the thing is that if it was true that selection processes and if maybe algorithms are 100% unbiased and totally objective, then yes, that would be true. However, speaking as someone who has been spending the last few months getting into data science and whatnot, I can tell you with 100% confidence, there's no such thing as unbiased data (laughs) or unbiased selection processes. Yeah. There is always implicit bias when it comes Mm. to these things. Yeah. So what I think what we want to explore here is what could be some other reasons as to why they're just simply an underrepresentation of women um, on these teams. And Mm. so one of the reasons I think is that a lot of, I suppose, the people who are interested in University Challenge and who try out in the first place tend to come from particular types of quiz societies or quiz circuits in UK universities. Maybe that's something you can tell us a little bit more about. Well, I don't know very much about that, but I do remember that when we spoke to Michael from Imperial, Mm. that there is, you know, that circuit which goes on, which is not televised. That's where Sean Webb became fairly infamous. Yeah. And that's also where you kind of get your start. And that's, I think, where you kind of train a little bit to mm. 
maybe get a chance to sign up for a university challenge. Yeah, and that's something, it's, it's sort of like an extracurricular activity or just a student club or union that one would join, I guess. Yeah. So um, I think that many of these quiz societies tend to be predominantly male. Yes. Right? And so because of that, those that therefore become interested in or then try out for university challenge, it tends to just mirror the makeup of these quiz societies in the first place. So that could be one of the reasons. So why do you think that these tend to be male-dominated? I have a theory, Mm. which uh, I don't have, unfortunately, a study to bring up to corroborate this, Mm. but I have some anecdotal experience from my days in school, which is where I feel like it is a bit more uh, tolerated or expected for boys to know general trivia knowledge. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you get rewarded for knowing fun bits of trivia. Yeah. Uh, even in my own family where mm. it's just, you get rewarded for just like, oh, did you know this? Did you know that? Just because you're rewarded for going down a Wikipedia yeah. rabbit hole, for example. Whereas I feel like mm. from the women I've spoken to in my life, mm. that that's, you're not rewarded as much and that's the best case scenario. Sometimes yeah. you're told, oh, no one likes to know it all or no one likes uh, this, no one likes that. And it's definitely, as I've gotten older and I've kind of experienced you know, the yeah. dating world, there are a lot of very insecure men who don't <laughs> like women knowing more than them. That is true. I can attest to that, mm-hmm. having dated a few of such men myself. <laughs> yeah. And that was something that I had to struggle with a little bit when mm. I was a teenager, mm. uh, that sometimes there will be people who do know more than you. Not just women, but just there are people who are yeah. better than you. And it's something just you have to accept. And once you accept that, you're never going to be the best at everything. You're very lucky if you're ever the best in one thing in particular. Yeah. And coming from a South Asian background, what yeah. I can say about maybe Asian culture broadly, but more South Asian culture specifically, is that you're actually told, you're actually signaled to by even your family members as women to not appear too smart. Because yeah. no one would want to marry you if you're too smart, you know? Is this something that you're, you're told sometimes explicitly or sometimes it's just people or relatives make certain comments and you just grow up with this idea that as a woman being seen as too smart and perhaps even appearing on such quiz shows, um, it's not going to be rewarded in the same way that it might be for men, like you were just saying. Yeah, and now, of course, bullying does exist for know-it-all smart Alex yeah. guys. I was definitely picked on a little bit yeah yeah there's that that as well yeah however you still have your safety nest to where you can retreat to and be smart yeah whereas i feel like there's a bit more of a safety net for Mm. nerdy guys than there is for nerdy girls and then do you also reckon that when certain groups are already male dominated for example that there tends to be a bit of gatekeeping oh for sure yeah for Mm. sure i mean it's tangentially related to trivia stuff i it's not that dissimilar from, say, tabletop gaming. Yeah. Uh, so your Warhammers, your Dungeons and Dragons, that has been extremely male-dominated for a long time. Yeah. And often it's the refuge of the geeky individuals that, oh, this is the only place where I'm accepted. And then when you see someone marginally attractive, because <laughs> remember, the bar's quite low for certain men. <laughs> um, realize, oh, so it wasn't just that... XYZ is the reason why I was picked on. It's just because of something else. And Mm -hmm. then there's a kind of strong reaction Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. And I was not part of a quiz society when I was at university, uh, much to my disappointment. But I suspect that maybe it's not as vitriolic, but there's definitely going to be that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. And I think so what happens as a result of that is uh, when fewer women see themselves represented in these quiz societies and subsequently on things like University Challenge, it creates a bit of a confidence gap. It feeds into this cycle where you, you don't see yourself represented. You don't feel like you're good enough 
enough. You lack the confidence to try out in the first place. And, you know, the cycle continues. And I can tell you firsthand that representation matters. So when I see more more women competing in University Challenge um, and in other circuits that I'm part of, it makes me feel very, very happy. It does give me a little bit of a confidence boost to see that, oh, if someone like me can do it, who looks like me, who talks like me, so can I. And I think that actually matters and we need to realise that. Yeah, and yeah. also I think something that needs to be talked about is that it ha- can be really, really hard to be the first person of a group to be in a society. Oh, yes. <laughs> when I did a mountaineering thing at my school, at first it was almost all guys who signed up and then there were two women who joined up. Yeah. One had to drop out because she had a medical issue. Okay. So the other girl said, now that I'm the only girl in this group, I'm going to drop out. I do not feel comfortable being the that only really girl. That really happened? Yeah. Oh, wow. I asked her, so... why did you drop out? Because she was still perfectly healthy and able to She just to do didn't it. feel comfortable. She just didn't feel like maybe welcome or that this was part of a group that she could be part of. Yeah. And I think yeah. it can be tough if, say, there's a group of 20 and there's only two girls. Mm. Even yeah. if they are... It's just... Yeah, I mean, as an ethnic minority, I feel that all the time, you know? I feel like I'm always the only person who looks like me in any group, in any social setting. And it's uncomfortable, but it's something that you just have to get used to. Mm. Um, But it still doesn't take away the fact that it's just not a fun thing. Yeah, I mean, at best, the best thing you can hope for is that you're the curiosity. Like, oh, we have (laughs) a woman or an ethnic minority. And at worst, it becomes kind of gross because people get a little bit obsessed. And it places a lot of expectations on you to represent all women, to represent all South Asians, you know. And and you don't want to do that because you're just yourself you don't you know it's not unfair to to place that on anyone else so why on you know the the minority right and so i think that i want to to then lead into something else another possible reason which oh, is yeah? the huge amounts of objectification oh yeah <laughs> and hostility that's been leveled against female contestants of university challenge so you know, there have been so many that have spoken out about the way their bodies have been commented on on Twitter. Yeah, we're um, not... their their looks, you know, things like that, which I think, you know, it's just a lot worse for women than it is for men, and it can definitely put women off from trying out, especially if you're not on national television. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't want to name particular individuals just because they have a right to some privacy if they're no longer on the current season. But there have been plenty of uh, threads which you can. Look up online if you really want to, talking about just the non-stop constant harassment on Twitter yeah. about what they look like, if they got answers wrong, are they, you know, useless, yeah. pointless, blah, blah, blah. Or, God forbid, you're trans. <laughs> yeah. Then, good God, uh, Vivian from Jesus last season. Yeah, yeah. God, I felt so bad for her. Just It was totally unnecessary as well. It has nothing to do with her quiz abilities, but it doesn't stop people. Yeah, of course. But, and this is just the truth of it. And... Yeah. um can't tell me if you want. A great deal of men just suck. <laughs> that is boiling it down to, uh, yeah. you know, just uh, principal components yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, we need to teach men to be better. And I think <laughs> that social media has definitely got the worst parts of that toxic element yeah. and just given you a voice. So you can say whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Whereas before you maybe think it in the dark recess of your mind where sometimes you can't control it. It's up to you to suppress it. Mm. But if you're able to just, without any reprisals, just say whatever awful thing comes to your mind mm. and think that you're funny because you upset someone, yeah. people feel emboldened to do that. And yeah. that's wrong. Yeah, and I guess so, 
you know, as a whole, what we're just trying to say is that um, going back to what we started with, it's, it's I think, intellectually lazy to say that men are simply better quizzers or better smart, uh, just smarter. Yeah. Um, but it's, all, it's, it's more that women have to overcome more barriers to get to the same place um, as men. So it's not enough to be just as smart or just as hardworking. You also have to have access to the right places. You also have to have extra confidence against all the naysayers you're going to meet. You know, in cases like this, you need to, it would help if you looked a certain way, which I, you know, I wish it wasn't the case, but all these invisible barriers do exist for women. And I think because of that, having a much more inclusive process for something like University Challenge is very important. Yes. And mm. I think that this is not something which we're going to see fixed yeah. next season or yeah. even a season after that. This is going to take a long time because it's not just the producers at University Challenge that need to change on things. It's not just the BBC that yeah. maybe need to look at some of their guidelines. Yeah. But it's going to be every single UK university who takes part yeah. are going to have to take a look at these uh, societies. Yeah, queer societies, trying to get them to be much more representative, yeah. to encourage women to join as and well. This is also the tough part because one of the great things about university societies is that it is something where you have complete control. Mm. It's where you're no longer you know, a child where you have a teacher supervisor or anything. Yeah. This is entirely up to you to form a treasury a secretary a society where mm. you have guidelines obviously you have to adhere to university guidelines yeah. but yeah that's just common sense yeah it's where you get a chance to really experience doing real grown-up stuff before mm. you have to face the full real world yeah and so i feel like there will be some pushback which i'm not entirely unsympathetic to saying yeah. oh you can't come in here and force us to x y and z <laughs> i think that should be just has to be a thing where you need to sit down with these societies with students unions mm, especially mm. and discuss what do we need to do to change these what things? are some real um significant empathetic ways we can go about this right is yeah. it not just a kind of a band-aid that you put on the issue something that's just meaningless but but real change right yes and I think what will definitely help is if student unions feel empowered to make these changes. Yeah. So, for example, Manchester, mm. I know, because mm-hmm. I was there, has a fairly, like, the largest student union in the UK. Yeah. And it's quite powerful and it has the power to do certain things. And it needs to be entrusted with telling the various societies which are part of it to say, there are certain things which we need you to do yeah. to just better reflect the student body mm-hmm. uh, at large. Mm-hmm. It's a bit tougher with the smaller uh, colleges in Australia. Oxford and Cambridge because mm. they're their own thing yeah. and it's not really societies it's a junior common room and when you only have up to you know as low as 80 people in a year then it becomes a bit more <laughs> yeah and I think on the other end as well what I'm starting to see and I think some, some this is something that people have noticed as well um, good or bad, you decide. But people have noticed that questions on University Challenge have also become more diverse. If you can say there have been more questions on mm-hmm. feminism, for example, or critical race theory, um, different issues like this. And I even saw a comment on Reddit once a few months ago where someone was saying that all these questions are just becoming, they're just a sign that UC is becoming more woke. <laughs> and they were kind of upset about that. And I, my response is that, well, I mean, this is just the evolution of social discourse, isn't it? This is what people are talking about today. What people were talking about 50 years ago was different it was probably too woke for people of that 
time as well. But it's important that our conversations and our dialogue evolves and questions on things like university challenge reflect that evolution. And this is also why having a more diverse team helps because women, ethnic minorities, all these different groups can bring in new perspectives. And also, can I just say, mentioning the academic principle of toxic (laughs) masculinity and third-wave feminism is not being woke. It's asking an academic question about certain philosophical, sociological concepts. Yeah. You absolute online troll. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think this is, you know, really goes to show why representation matters, why diversity and inclusion. They're not just, uh, you know, meaningless tags that we put on things, but they're actually, they matter. They reflect the world that we live in. And, um, yeah, that's probably what I have to say about this topic. And also just one final thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a bit of a step back because you know, I don't feel like I should lead the charge on this kind of conversation, but it just makes it more fun. Yeah, it I would does. say. Yeah. It's just, it's more fun when you have what makes the Imperial team this mm. year, for example, is because we have a Jewish kid, a kid from Hong Kong, a kid from uh, Malaysia. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, one uh, traditional white Brit, but she's a woman. Yeah. And it's just, it's nice to see just this real melange of what student bodies are in the UK. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be a bit less after Brexit, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But that's what makes UK institutions, at least what used to make them so fun, is that you could go study there and you'll make friends from far-flung areas of Mm. Europe and the world. And why is this not being reflected on University Challenge? Mm -hmm. This is your chance to to broadcast to uh, the rest of the UK. Our university has all these fun people in it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, so I think that brings us to the end of this special episode on diversity. We hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that um, you thought we made some good points. If you'd like to join the conversation, please feel free to send us an email on IGT podcast at Indeed. gmail.com or you can tweet at us at uh, igdo2 yeah and we're also on instagram as igto or i got that one yes might be a bit more difficult to send your feedback there but um <laughs> yeah you feel free to try yeah it works um yeah and we'll see you next week for the last of the second round matches Indeed, it's going to be a doozy. And Mm. just in general, before that, have a very happy new year. I hope you had a pleasant Christmas Mm -hmm. and we'll see you next year. See you next year. Bye-bye.